Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! This episode is brought to you by Twizzlers. Long day, late night, feeling a little bored. Twizzlers is the ultimate sidekick for any moment of the day, no matter what kind of day you're having. The perfect level of sweet and a fun excuse to sit back and relax. Unwind with Twizzlers. To buy now, visit hersheyland.com slash Twizzlers. Welcome to the Olive Podcast. I'm Janine, Olive's Deputy Editor and Podcast Host, and each episode I'll be catching up with chefs, cookery writers and characters from the food scene in Britain and beyond. Join us each week to expand your food knowledge as our guests share 10 things we need to know about the specialist subject. And do listen out for our effortless bonus episodes where they also reveal their top cooking cheats, hacks and shortcuts. I'm delighted to welcome Omar Alaboy to the podcast today. Omar is an award-winning Spanish chef, founder of the Tapas Revolution Group of Restaurants, and the author of three books. His latest is a love letter to the Spanish national dish, paella, which is what we are here to take a deep dive into today. Welcome, Omar. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming. First of all, can you tell us, when did you first fall in love with the dish? Well, my, my story with paella goes back a long way. I was only a child. And it happened to be the favorite dish of my granddad. So as a result, it was, it was the dish that he wanted to go back to every of his birthdays. And um, they bought, uh, my, my granddad is from India. And he came to, to Spain probably easily 75 years ago. And uh, after going through London, and they happened to, bought, to, to buy some, some flats in Benidorm, of all places, <laughs> wow. but uh, in the region of, of Valencia. And so we always went there on holidays, and uh, his birthday was every August, and he would bring us to this restaurant in, in the nearby town of Altea called Posada de San Miguel, where they did the most amazing paellas. Yeah. And it was such an iconic dish because no other dish 
that I know of and knew of would come in in such a large size. And for all of us to share at the yeah. table from the very same pan. Uh, so it made it extra special. It was an special occasion with a special dish. And 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 that, that's how my... Yeah, yeah, you sort of interest, interest started to, yeah. to, 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 to build. And it was in that restaurant where sort of at the age of seven, eight years old, I started asking the waiters if I could go into the kitchen to see how it was done. Yeah. And, uh, and back in the days, there was no health and safety issues like there is now <laughs> and so on. Imagine your, your son. Oh, yeah. I, I, would, I wouldn't think of, of anyone asking to come into my restaurants. No. Days, I'll get terrified. <laughs> but back in the day, they would just let you in. Yeah. yeah, no. Whether it was to the past or in my in my case, I remember being just there, right by the fire. Wow. You know, and seeing all the ingredients being prepped, all the sort of flames overtaking the paella pan made with wood, and so obviously it was quite impactful. Yeah. And 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 that's how it all started for me. Amazing. And then what what made you? Because you you know you're you're well known for your tapas, your tapas restaurant. You've written books about it. What made you focus in on? on that particular dish and decide, I'm going to write a book about this? So I've had this passion since I was a little boy. Okay. And I've dedicated more time, you know, without actually knowing about it. Yeah. I, I only thought about this later in life when I was going to write the book. But uh, I've realized that I've dedicated more time to the single art of cooking uh -huh. paella than to any other craft in the wow. kitchen. And, um, and one of the reasons is that to make it to perfection and yeah. to achieve greatness and a, a, and a fantastic level of mastery, it, rice is a very difficult ingredient mm. to cook. So is wheat. It's probably the two ingredients that are hardest to cook. It's not fish, it's not vegetables, it's not meat. Uh, because there is a lot of uh, chemical reactions, a lot of science be, behind it. Mm. And that's why baking is... It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's easier to make a stew than to make a cake. And uh, and that's probably why I sort of by nature, okay. I've dedicated so much time to it. So it's like a, a quest to, to make the perfect paella. Completely, yeah. completely. And I have to say, it's uh, for the last 18 years that I've been living in the UK, yeah. um, I've sort of been on my own in my quest uh, for creating great paellas because there is no, no. paella masters here and um and and you know there is a limit to how much you can learn yeah. when you are not sharing your knowledge when you are not learning from others when you are you know i've sort of been in my little paella bubble all these years <laughs> just doing my best mm. but when you don't have all the references yeah. sometimes you don't have other directions and other other ways to try it and and achieve great results yeah. or well it's an amazing book and actually you do give away a lot of your secrets in the book and and hopefully you're going to give away some today as well um let's start briefly with um the history of paella because it, it goes way back doesn't it yes and um you know it it goes as uh, uh, as far as Spanish cuisine, yeah. you know, and in this case, and this is a fascinating area that I would recommend everyone to to visit. Mm -hmm. If you happen to be in the Valencia region, go to the wetlands of La Albufera, okay. where the rice is grown and where it all started for paella. And this area, and this is really fascinating, was 
part of what it was the sea before, the Mediterranean Sea. And the Arabs, what, 1,200 years ago, yeah. closed off that sort of entrance, that inland uh, of sea, closed it off and drained it and brought uh, fresh water into it. Okay. Which is, you know, it's sort of a huge civil engineering if you think about yeah. it. And if you visit it and you see it in, in the size that it is, that you won't see the end of it, you think, wow, that, that was a very clever move. Mm. And um, so they diverted two rivers, the river Hukar and, and, and another one just to fill it, mm. you know, and with the natural waters. And that's how they started. Obviously, it's always been a peasant dish. Yeah. You know, it was a, a great invention with a tool, which is the paella pan, yeah. that could feed four or could feed 15. Yeah. And that, I think, was part of that magic. Yeah. You know, the fact that it was quite versatile. Yeah. And, and they would just bring whatever ingredients they had and create this rice dish. Obviously, yeah. none of us have tried what that original yeah. paella rice dishes tasted like, but they've gone a long way. But, but that's how it all started. Yeah, and I think that's what a lot of the magic about it is. It is that big sharing, isn't it? Like you said, for four or 50. And when you see those giant paella dishes kind of being, you know, wrestled with over the fire, there's something incredible about it. Yeah. Um, you, in your book, you talk about the fundamentals of paella. Tell, tell us a bit about that. So paella, as, as, as it's rice, you mm -hmm. know, it, it's, it's down to how much flavor can you give to that rice. Mm -hmm. And there is uh, two different varieties of rice in the world. One which is the long grains mm. that we are all used to, such as Thai, Jasmine, the Asian rices. Like basmati. Basmati, yeah. that they sort of allow, they are very flavorful yeah. on their own. And that's why when you boil them, you go to a Chinese restaurant, or any, they, they taste so yeah. nice. And, uh, and then there is, the uh, and, uh, and on those grains, the flavor will stay outside of the grain. Oh, okay. okay. It does, it's not absorbing Correct. as much. Yeah. And then the, the Spanish paella rice, bomba, we have different varieties that you can find in the market, calasparra and so on, or arborio, the Italian, are shorter, rounder mm. race of grain, uh, uh, grains of rice, excuse me, that would absorb a lot of, of that liquid. And as such... The key element is how much flavor you can mm. give to the water that that rice absorbs. Yeah. So that's really the, the, the number one fundamental. How to achieve that? You can do it mainly through creating a very rich stock. Yeah. So I would say to create a great paella, you need a greater stock, yeah. a flavorful stock, a rich stock that you've used an abundance of whatever ingredients they are, plus plenty of vegetables. Vegetables mm. is, is sort of the, the, um, the element that is always there to, to infuse the broth and the stock and give it a lot of flavor. And then if it's shellfish or yeah, chicken or beef, that. you'll use So those. you would always start with a, a homemade stock. This is not a place for a stock cube. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't get me wrong. We are all short of time. And, and you know, I have three kids myself. So yeah. so I, I'm, I'm always looking for shortcuts. And there is uh, special occasions. Yeah. And there is bottom of the fridge okay. paellas. <laughs> You know that you I just love it. Yeah. <laughs> permission. No, absolutely. And and to be completely honest, yeah. For me, you know, if if you ask me what would you like to achieve with this book, mm. to me it would be 
that anyone at home ultimately yeah. cooks a paella with whatever they find in the fridge. Yeah. You know, that for me will be mission accomplished. <laughs> you know, that they know the fundamentals of how to make a paella yeah. so well that they'll just do it with whatever you have, yeah. which is ultimately how we all cook at home, you know. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Twizzlers. Long day, late night, feeling a little bored. Twizzlers is the ultimate sidekick for any moment of the day, no matter what kind of day you're having. The perfect level of sweet and a fun excuse to sit back and relax. Unwind with Twizzlers. To buy now, visit hersheyland.com slash Twizzlers. Because I was interested reading in the book that you um, you talked about rice there, and I, I know about bomba and calasparra. Mm. Um, I've seen those, but you said anything that's been sold as Spanish paella rice will will be good for the job, you know, yes. if you find it. So don't get too bound up in thinking I've got to get this super specialist rice. Completely, not 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 don't 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 waste your time. Yeah. And uh, and and obviously, uh, a good rice costs money. But the reality is that I I suggest everybody to get whatever is easier for you. Yeah. Because with rice, it's quite temperamental. Yeah. So not all grains cook at the same time, you know, and they result in, in, in you, you achieve the same results. Yeah. So I would stick to one brand, and that is whatever you find in your local supermarket. Yeah. If you find... The local super, uh, the the in store brand of any Sainsbury's, yeah, Tesco's, yeah. whatever it is that you have nearby, mm. stick to that. Yeah, you know, because otherwise you'll see that they may cook in four or five minutes longer or 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 less a time. Yeah, once from the other. So stick with the same one and do your experiment in that way. Correct, yeah, because. Cool. Ultimately, the amount of ratio of rice and volume of a stock, uh, it's yeah. another key fundamental to cooking a great paella. Yeah. We call paellas to everything that is cooked in the flat white paella pan okay. that looks dry. Okay, so there is no mellowness or creaminess to it. Like there'll it's be not like a risotto. It's not like, like a, a risotto. A, yeah. We will call that a, a, a arroz meloso, a mellow rice, oh. or a soupy rice. Okay. Okay, and that normally we don't cook them in the paella pans. We cook them in a casserole yeah. in a larger pot, and in a similar similar fashion than a risotto, which yeah. people is more used to. And uh, but if you want to achieve that, that perfect point of cooking the rice, you have to know your fire at home, your pan, how wide it is, the amount of rice you add to it. So there's a lot of variables. Balance. And the right ratio Mm. of of stock to rice. And ideally, the less you mess around with those things, the easier you achieve perfection in your own home. That's why use the same pan, Use the same burner at home. Use the same brand of rice. Those are really important things because if you cook it for the first time and you use, let's just say, two liters of stock to 500 grams of rice, it may be that end up after 18 minutes, you can see the rice is cooked Mm. and you still have plenty of liquid left. Naturally, you are going to overcook it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you are going to end up eating a stodgy rice. A little bit mushy, stodgy. Yeah. Next time around, 
put 1.6, but you need to know your burner, you need yeah. to cook in the same pan, and so on and so forth. So the more stable yeah. that all the elements are around cooking paella, the, the, the quicker you, you, you'll get to perfection. That's great advice. Um, some other things you were going to talk about with the sofrito. Yes. You, um, tell us about that. So the base of the, the paella, it's very important how you start it, whether it's a shellfish, whether it's a meat or a vegetable. You need to add your ingredients in a certain order okay. so that you achieve maximum caramelization of all of the ingredients yeah. without burning any. So... Two elements are important. How hard those ingredients are, name it chicken, is a lot harder than a squid. Squid yeah. may take you five minutes to fry in olive oil. Chicken, it will take you probably 20, 25 mm -hmm. minutes. Okay. Or we're, you know, difference between butternut squash or an aubergine and so on. So it, th that is important, the hardness and, 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 and the other is the size. Yeah. If you cut it in small pieces, the Less. chicken will cook, yeah. cook quicker. So sometimes there is no um, a, a fixed uh, uh, line of adding the ingredients, mm. timeline. You know, it is how you chop them too. Yeah. And, and, and you need to find your own footing on that. Yeah. It's about it, trial and error. But it's important to get the base ingredients with a little bit of caramelization on So then they'll give out later on into the... Not a bit. Yeah. A lot. Oh, really? Okay. I like to bring my ingredients closer to dark brown, oh, okay. uh, as close as that as yeah. possible, so that when you add your wet ingredients, yeah. which is the tomato and the stock, yeah. then it all deglazes, forming a rich stock. Yeah. So before that, you know, you have all the ingredients you choose for your paella, and then there is a, a, an element that is kind of fix that we use for all paellas, which is adding the garlic yeah. that, as we all know, burns quite quickly. Yeah. Then the sweet smooth paprika, which is a very finely ground powder yeah. that will burn even quicker than the garlic. And that is sort of the two last ingredients that you need to so add. So there's an order to do these things in. Correct. Yeah. First, your harder ingredients, yeah. we were saying, whether it was the fish, <laughs> vegetables and yeah. the meat. And then you would always go with your garlic, 30 seconds later, the paprika, and 10 seconds later, yeah. your tomato, your grated tomato or blitz tomato, whatever you use. To stop those ingredients yeah. from burning, it will start deglazing. And when that tomato sort of starts becoming a paste, mm, which lovely. will take a couple minutes, yeah. and I sort of, um, it always resembles like when you cook a curry yeah. and you put your your garlic and ginger and the spices and suddenly it all becomes a paste, but there is a point in where the oil splits. Yeah, it comes from, out. Yeah, that's comes when out. you know, yeah. That's exactly the same ah. as it happens with with the cooking of the, of, of the paella. When it starts splitting the oil yeah. from the tomato, then is when you add your stock. Yeah. Oh, you had your stock then. Amazing. Yes. The um, one thing I would say, and um, before we move on, is that when you are using great quality rice, yeah. you know, the ones you would buy in an online deli or, you know, in a good deli uh, uh, near where you live and so on, that is a rice that generally it's cleaner of husk around it. Okay. And it will... Uh, absorb flavors easier and it will overcook generally it'll, it'll be a bit more resistant to overcooking so ideally that rice you would always put it after you've added the stock okay okay but the lower quality grains 
which is what most of us will find in, in local shops, ideally you would add them before. So you would fry it. With part of that tomato paste get and that it, oil. Get it started. Yeah. To get, to, 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 to sort of create a coating yeah. that makes it a little bit more resistant yeah. and, and harder to overcook it yeah. as well. And uh, because it really is the most difficult thing to get the ratio, the, the ratio yeah. of, 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 of rice um, and water. That, yeah. that really is difficult and it ta- takes a few attempts to get it right. No, but that's great advice. <laughs> yes, add it first. Just until it looks a bit pearly, yeah. take a minute or two only, and then you will add your stock. Mm. I, feel, I feel like I can go away now and make it. Because <laughs> um, I know that you're a big, you're a big champion of ingredients and, and you're Spanish. So obviously <laughs> Spanish olive oil, is. you say in the book, you make a, a big point about it. Go and get your Spanish olive oil because it's integral. It is integral. And, and it's, it's, you know, if, if it was from other country, I'll tell you that it, it, it would, you know, buy that. But yeah. the reality is Spain produces 50% of the world's production. Wow. Most of the brand oils that you find in the supermarkets, which yeah. are Italian, they buy it from one particular olive oil manufacturer, which is the largest in the world. It's called Acesur. Yeah. Everybody knows about it. And so that oil is sent into large canisters in, 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 in Loris yeah, to yeah. Italy. It's bottled in Italy and then exported all around the world. So you will never find better value for money than in Spanish oils. It's plain and simple yeah. as a result of pure uh, uh, economy of scale. Yeah. And that, so that's why. Don't, don't waste your time no. with when, when talking about olive oil or extra virgin yeah, olive yeah. oil. Go, go Spanish all the way. That's great for people. If, you, if you're going to go all the way with your paella, let's start with the good Spanish ingredients. <laughs> undoubtedly, undoubtedly. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, let's talk about something that I love, and I'm probably going to mispronounce this, the Socorat. Well done. That was uh, perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Which is that incredible crusty bit which you get on the bottom of the pan. And I'm fascinated by, because this is obviously, if you're going to paella master level, that's a thing you've got to perfect, isn't it? Absolutely. Having said that, it's not for all likings. Some people like it. Some other people. Why would you not like it? No, com- I know, I know. And 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 when you serve paella yeah. in in a Spanish restaurant, we will the the waiter will mix the rice. You know, it, they'll come bring it to the table, show it with pride, yeah. and then they will mix it so everybody gets a little bit of the bottom, the crispy bottom, and the rest. So it's very precious mm. for us. How to achieve it? After you've cooked your rice, which will generally take 10 minutes on high heat and about 8 minutes on low heat Mm. until it's dry. And then it's when you need to turn up and ramp up your your stove and take it up a notch until it starts frying. Because what it happens, you know, it's not just about burning the bottom of the pan. But what you need to understand is that... Um, you know, there's uh, there's quite a few elements in that socarrat yeah. for it to form in the way that it's really tasty. That's really the key. And when you fry your ingredients in the olive oil, you know, that olive oil gets full of flavor. Mm. Okay. It helps the ingredients to cook and so on. When you add the stock, that oil floats to the top. You will see it floating on the top of the liquid. And as it 
consumes and, and the rice absorbs the water and, and, and the, the, the stock evaporates, suddenly that level starts leveling up the rice layer with the water layer. And there'll be a point when you see some of that oil sitting on top of the rice, yeah. creating a natural lead that will steam the grains on top, even though they are exposed because they have no stock anymore, mm. because the stock is on the bottom. And, you know, that starch as well that is being, um, that, that is being released by the rice plus plenty of the collagen and the protein from frying the ingredients that is being given to the stock sort of all goes down with some of the oil because ultimately the rice grains filter through. You know, the the oil filters through and when it gets to the bottom, you start hearing how the pan starts frying again. (laughs) It no longer is quiet of the the simmering sound. It starts frying again. you can hear the frying sound. Correct. I love that in your book you said it starts, you, you have to listen to it. Yes. And then you have to smell the caramelization as Correct, well. Correct, because you, you have no access to it. Yeah. You cannot see it. It's on the bottom <laughs> of the pan. Yeah. So you need to let yourself be guided senses. by yeah. all your other senses. Amazing. And, and, and very quickly, if it burns, it happens sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you, you'll know it soon because it smells. That's yeah. when you need to turn it off immediately. But um, next time, you'll cook it one less minute and it'll be cooked to perfection. I love the way you just described that as pure science, isn't it? <laughs> I love it. Um, so the pile pan is an iconic piece of equipment in itself. And, you know, we you, you've mentioned it um, being used in restaurants, but at home... We haven't got one. What what can we use instead? I mean, what's the... So my recommendation is that you get a paella pan for a number of reasons, not just to cook paella, which is uh, great, mm. but because it will become the widest pan that you will have at home. And as a result, it will give you extra uses that you may not have thought about. Okay. And I name you a few. Yeah. It's phenomenal for cooking pizza. Okay. If you are into that, you'll put your paella pan in the burner. Yeah. You put your oven to its highest heat. And, you know, when you have it totally preheated to 275 or however, uh, whichever the temperature reaches, you know, that's when you will put your dough on top of your paella pan. Yeah at its highest heat so that it cooks the bottom of the pizza like a Napolitan uh, or a stone-baked okay. pizza oven. Yeah. And then you transfer that that pizza into your oven and it will cook in about three minutes. Yeah. Otherwise, if you do it, just put it into the oven tray, straight into the oven, how long it takes for a pizza to cook? Seven minutes yeah, or so, yeah, yeah. which is exactly the opposite as what pizzas should cook. Yeah. They should cook fiercely yeah. and fast yeah. and and that's what you achieve by cooking in a very yeah. large paella pan you can make apple tartar tans oh, yeah, that's the si- monstrous size <laughs> <laughs> you can make your mac and cheese yeah. in big size and you know it becomes a one pan wonder yeah, yeah. Uh, with endless um, you know I may even write a book about it okay, you know yeah. the amount of yeah. things that I use my paella yeah. pan at home so um, but if you don't have one to answer your question, just cook your paella in the widest frying pan. So you that want you it quite, what we're talking about, like 
for a, a big one, like 30 centimetres, 40 centimetres? 30, 32 centimetres. Right, okay. Having said that, at home, yeah. a paella, if you are going to buy one, yeah. and I'm not plugging it for the sake of it, but, you know, they are, you are a 42 centimetres paella pan. It's a good one. In my shop, mm. it's only 12 pounds. Is it? It's That's cheap good. as because it's carbon steel. I didn't know you had a shop. I have an online shop okay, great. with all paella <laughs> ingredients and many more that you... What's, that, the, um, what's the website? It's thespanishchef.com Spanish and I send okay. all the ing- <laughs> Spanish ingredients you don't find in the supermarket. Cool. Next I day love delivery. that. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and, uh, but it's super affordable, which yeah. is what I wanted so to say. So basically it's, yeah. And it's the same material as a wok. Oh, so do you have to treat it like a what, as in season it, season look it, after it? That's it, but it will last forever. Wow. Yes, and then you just put a little coating after you wash it, after each use. You put a small, you know, with a little yeah. bit of a cloth or a, a kitchen paper, a bit of oil, so that it doesn't rust. But I make the most amazing Asian dishes yeah. in my paella pan as a result. Yeah. It's so white, it really gets very hot, and you just stir fry them yeah. uh, as opposed to one handle like you do with a wok with two hands yeah. and it's uh, it cooks for all of us I mean we are as I said six at home <laughs> so I tell you the wok doesn't doesn't, doesn't cope yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk a bit about the cooking methods because traditionally it would be cooked over a wood fire I mean not all of us have access to that you no. mentioned at home over, I guess, gas burners or... Or induction, whatever yeah. it is Can that you have. Can we use things like barbecue or... Correct. Yeah. And, um, and, and it works wonders. Yeah. Because to cook paella to that sort of master level, yeah. you need really high heat. And it, it is the sort of high heat that no burner can achieve. And you'll see it if you have the opportunity of cooking a paella over the open flames mm. in the barbecue with charcoal or with wood, you'll see a type of bubble in the simmering that <laughs> you've never seen in your burner or your induction. It does look different. It's tiny. Yeah. It looks like cava, like champagne. You know, it's really, it's quite uh, really? amazing. Yeah. It's uh, probably most people haven't seen it, yeah. to, 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 to be fair. And um, and the beginning of the, when you add your rice, mm. that first 10 minutes that you need fierce uh, heat and, and, and it really helps because it reduces a high volume of a stock yeah. in a very short period of time oh, okay. and it intensifies your paella flavor. So it's not a slow absorption. It's literally lots of stock and then just... Really Bang. high heat. Correct. Right. So in the same way as if you, if you cook at home, I would recommend you to do 1.6 liters of stock for 400 grams of rice, which will be four yeah. main portions. Yeah. If you are doing it in the barbecue, you can go up to 10 times, tenfold. What stock? Yeah. If you do 400 grams of rice, you can put up to four liters because in Because you're really hammering it That's with the, the correct. heat. correct. And I tell you, it'll be the best paella that you can taste. <laughs> the intensity of it and the smokiness that it achieves yeah, as sp- well. Oh, yeah, That's because you get precious. the extra smokiness, which is, is, is that like a traditional Correct. thing would be in the traditional yes. paella, the smoky flavor? For us, paella is yeah. our Sunday roast. It's that dish that brings all the family together that we cook on a Sunday. Yeah. That uh, and, and we all help, but it's a slightly different in culturally and what yeah. it involves as opposed to you inviting your family and sort of setting the table mm. having all the starters ready even the main course in the oven already like you'll be the chicken your roast whatever it is that you're doing 
in Spain, we do all of that together. Mm. People come, some people start serving the drinks, others setting the table, others preparing the salads and the nibbles, others start cooking the paella. When you do it over the fire mm. and cooking it from scratch, it, it will take you about an hour and a half from beginning to end. Yeah. And, and we make it an all-day event. Yeah. And, you know, after we enjoy it, we sit down, we share it, and we love staying at the table. We call it sobremesa, mesa meaning table, yeah. and sobre over the table. It's like we, we stay over the table for hours and hours. Sometimes <laughs> it, it becomes nighttime. Yeah. Just catching up, that. having a laugh yeah. and, and, and just sharing life. That's amazing. Um, so we were, talk we were talking about um, the traditions of paella and, and the book is um, has got so many different recipes in it. And I think people might be amazed that you've managed to do so many different recipes of paella but in fact it's a regional dish as well isn't it and yeah. there are loads of different ingredients depending on where you are tell us some of the the different variations we can get so you know they 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 say in valencia there is one paella for yeah. each day of the year That'll be 360, okay. obviously. You just need to <laughs> modify one ingredient or mix a different ingredient, yeah. and that's that. And when I was writing a book, I thought about doing 120 recipes, like wow. like cooking books. Are, <laughs> I thought you did well to do 50. <laughs> no, that's quite a traditional number in cookery books. Yeah. And uh, But I thought it was a bit of nonsense mm. because I thought I would rather give you 50 exemplary recipes, recipes that are different in their essence. And because once you've read three chicken recipes in paella, yeah. you can figure out what to add in if, if you're mixing other ingredients. And that's why I didn't want to go on and on about ingredients. I just thought I'll give you recipes that, that will mean something yeah. and that and that you, you get the juice of it and then you go and do your own thing with it. But um, in Spain, generally, we have those three, three types of paellas. The dry one, which will be the ones cooking the paella pan, and then the mellow, we call it meloso, which are a little bit like a risotto, oh, but okay. with the difference that we wouldn't use butter, we wouldn't use cheese yeah. to emulsify that creaminess. All the opposite. We use the olive oil and we use the starch of the rice. So it becomes creamy. And I tell you, you'll achieve the same level of creaminess and it's way healthier yeah. when the way we do it in Spain. And then soupy, which is a higher ratio of liquid mm. and, and, and you eat it a bit more as a soup with just a few grains of rice uh, floating. And, you know, I love my lobster soupy rice. Wow. I generally wouldn't do a lobster paella rice. No. Uh, I, I, I would like it soupy. So we have a few on my black rice yeah. with the squid ink nice. and cattlefish and so on. I love it um, mellow. Yeah. You know, and you know, we all have our favorites, but it's about finding your own. Yeah. What What would be in? I know you've got the one traditional Valencian rice that you paella. Sorry, that at the beginning of the book. Yeah. What are the ingredients in that? What would be the main ingredients that you would find in that? So that will be extra virgin olive oil. Yep. Salt, chicken, rabbit, runner beans, paprika, garlic, tomato. Yeah. Water and saffron and rosemary. And then there are seasonal variances oh, okay. depending so on what is available, yeah. like artichokes, 
like pork ribs, like snails. Oh, wow. And a few other, but but mainly it's what we describe, and the recipe is untouchable. And in Valencia, people will only call paella to that single recipe, and it's that that's it. Everything else, even though it's cooked in a paella pan, they will cook it. They will call it arroz, which means a rice dish. And they, they'll just have no argument about it. Correct. I mean, they are they are particular, as, as you can imagine. They are a bit like Napolitans with yeah. their pizza. They're like, that's not, that's not paella. Those are uh, flatbreads. <laughs> <laughs> they, they will say if you are in Napoli. And uh, with, with, with Valencianos, it's the same. Having said that, in the rest of Spain, yeah. everything, everything that comes in a paella pan, that it's dry, yeah. we'll call it. But I, lo- I love the fact that in the book that you said... Because, you know, it can be a bit controversial. Sometimes people saying something's a paella when and other people are like, it's not a paella. Um, I love the fact that you said people, I'd rather people just cook their version of paella than not try it at all. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, undoubtedly. You know, I am a democratizer. Yeah. I want people <laughs> to, to, to cook <clears throat> Spanish food yeah. as much as they do Italian or Asian yeah. in this country. That's always been my mission. If people were to cook from the book, which recipe would you recommend that they start with? I would go for a simple one. Yeah. And uh, because the book is full of really special event ones like shellfish paellas or things that will take a yeah. bit more effort and, and buying more expensive ingredients and others which are everyday ingredients. Maybe uh, there is one that I really like, which is pork ribs nice. with green peppers, broth beans, and I think it has artichokes as well. Yeah. You know, I know it's not for everybody, the artichokes, but uh, it's one of my favorite ingredients. You can just take it off if you don't, nice, you know, yeah. but it, it's the execution of it. And yeah. I, I reckon if you read that recipe, the four steps that there is to to, to do it and the just handful of ingredients, yeah. you, I believe people will connect to it. You okay. think, oh, I can do that and ultimately execute it at home and try it. And I hope I hope that is the case and people does it. Lovely. Your book's out now and it's called Paella, um, so people can go and buy it. Where, um, where can people keep up with what you're doing? Well, I have my website yep. where I put all the recipes that I that I um, cook on my YouTube channel okay. as well. And obviously in, in social media. If yeah. you look in any of the channels and platforms for The Spanish Chef, the Spanish Chef. or Omar Aliboy, that's, that's me. And it'll be full of Spanish recipes generally. And as well, now, uh, <laughs> in, in the next few months, paella. it'll be all about paella. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming to chat to us today. It's, it's been, been my pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Olive Podcast. For recipes and more information, head to olivemagazine.com. Do remember to listen out for our effortless bonus episodes where our guests reveal their best cooking cheats, hacks and shortcuts. And don't forget to subscribe at iTunes, Acast, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.